When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. If I asked you which state is the home to the oldest population, what would your answer be? I think I know what it would be. You would be wrong. Um, the average American retires at 62. Uh, that's what it says here in this story. I find that hard to believe. Um, According to Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies, I love them, uh, found a five-year gap, 67 and 62, between when older workers expect to retire and when they actually retire. Older Americans who are retired or nearing retirement uh, and those 65 and older, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, make up 18% of the population. Now, back to the states with the oldest populations so the number one state uh for the oldest population on average is i know what you're thinking but is maine say it with me now maine maine is home to the oldest population on average followed by puerto rico then in new hampshire then vermont then west virginia then the state that I'm pretty sure you were going to answer with, Florida. I know, seems weird. Now, the Maine is still home to a large share of lifelong residents who have aged in place, while Florida, home to the second largest elderly population percentage, has a large share of retirees who were born elsewhere. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that people are, hey, you know what? I'm going to retire and move to Maine. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I mean, if that's you, great. More, more power to you. Now, the state with the youngest population on average, with the average man aged 31.4 and the average woman aged 32.7, is... Utah. I, and I love Utah, man. Utah is a beautiful state. I could live in Utah. I've never lived in that state. And it's very possible I could live in Utah. As for Maine, hey, not so much. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> Okay, so if you're listening live, today is the 1st of February 2024, and that means that it's Black History Month, the beginning of Black History Month, so we have that to look forward to. It is a leap year, so it is, uh, we get an extra day this month. I know, I know, so happy birthday to the leaplings. <laughs> uh, as you know... Uh, that means that if you were born on a leap 
year day, the 29th of February, then you only have to celebrate your birthday once every four years. So it's kind of cool, right? And for those of you that didn't know the reason that we have the leap day or leap year, uh, according to experts, our calendar is not entirely in sync with our planet's trip around the sun. So a common year has 365 days on the calendar, while a leap year boasts that extra day. Their purpose keeps our calendar in sync with the seasons and solar year, or the length of time it takes the Earth to complete its orbit around the sun, which is about 365 and a quarter days. That is according to timeanddate.com. So... Every four years, we have to have 366 days on our calendar. If we didn't, all hell would break loose. (laughs) We would, our seasons and our equinoxes and our summers and our winter solstices would no longer align with the seasons. And dogs would sleep with cats. If there were no leap years, seasons would completely swap every 750 years. The middle of the summer would become the middle of the winter. Calendar, climate change, astronomy, oh my gosh, no. It wouldn't just be that time of year. It would be a different time of year. So we have to have a, we have to add an extra day every four years. Then... Uh, tomorrow, the 2nd of February, 2024, is a Groundhog Day. Yay! So every year, for those of you that don't know, uh, Phil the Groundhog emerges from his burrow in Gobbler's Knob, Western Pennsylvania. He then communicates, or she, but it's always a he since it's a he named Phil. He then communicates to the president of the... Punxsutawney Groundhog Club whether he saw his shadow and then the proclamation is translated so only the president of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club can understand Groundhog Ease so we'll find out whether we have six more weeks of winter or an early spring is on the way now according to the groundhog club members there's only been one phil i didn't know that uh so he's been predicting since 1887 that makes him 137 years old this year okay (laughs) well actually older Right, because the poxitani groundhog club was established in 1887 so Phil would have already had to have been alive. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, I guess that's uh, his way of saying uh, no. Uh, Hey, Staten Island Chuck, the other one that everybody tries to pretend is Punxsutawney Phil, why don't you back off, okay? Now, according to the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club, Phil has never been wrong. I didn't know that either. But... Uh, he is actually, according to experts at the, uh, Storm Facts Weather Almanac, and I love the Storm Facts Weather Almanac, Phil has only been correct 39% of the time. So, I mean, something to look forward to on Groundhog Day tomorrow, right? And just a side note, I know everyone loves uh, Groundhog Day, the 1993 film with Bill Murray. Uh, it was really filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. So just uh, just a reminder, it's all. Just a reminder. That's how movies work. 
He didn't actually film it at the old Gobbler's Knob in Western Pennsylvania. Also, another thing happening tomorrow. Uh, NASA has said that there's a potentially hazardous asteroid uh, that is going to zoom past Earth. I know. Uh, This asteroid named 2008-0S7. Uh, wow, that's a that's a that's a touching, warm name. Uh, brings home the family, doesn't it? Uh, two thousand two zero zero eight zero S seven. It's estimated to be between six hundred and ninety and one thousand five hundred and seventy feet across, according to data from NASA's Center for Near Earth Object Studies, CNOS. Love them. Uh, so uh, this asteroid is going to pass by Earth at a distance of around. astronomical units. (laughs) So keep your head up and uh, keep your head on a swivel. That's about 1.77 million miles. So just, I mean, the moon is like 240,000 miles away. So we're probably going to be okay. But I mean, they say in this story, Venus is 38 million miles away. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so with the moon being 240,000 miles, we're probably okay. So it's going to make its closest flyby in the afternoon tomorrow. And, uh, so, and and that's, I mean, I guess we know that we know exactly where it's going to be speeding by at about 18.2. Well, no, I don't even want to go into the kilometers. So let's go into 40. It's going to be traveling at 40,700 miles per hour. Okay, uh, that's pretty fast. <laughs> so it's still it's gonna be there though. It's gonna be there. Two zero zero eight zero S seven. It's gonna be going by us uh, at forty thousand over forty thousand miles an hour, uh, and almost two million miles away. So be careful. Uh, it's uh, classified as a near-Earth object, potentially hazardous asteroid, due to its size and how close it will come to the Earth. Uh, NEOs, the near-Earth objects, are defined as being within 30 million miles of Earth. 31,000 solar system objects falling into this category. 31,000 solar system objects falling into the near-Earth object category? That doesn't make me feel better. Uh, PHAs... On the other hand, the potentially hazardous asteroids are closer than 4.6 million miles away and are also larger than 460 feet in diameter. Only around 2,350 of those are being tracked by NASA. So don't even worry about it. Okay, I don't even know why I brought it up. So I was uh, looking at this one study that talked about how syphilis cases in the U.S. have risen to the highest level since the 1950s. And this is according to the data, the new data on sexually transmitted infections uh, released yesterday from the CDC. Uh, I'm sorry, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So the U.S. saw 203,500 syphilis cases in 2022. That's the last year for which the data is available. Up 17% from 2021 and nearly 
80% from 2018. Holy cow. Uh, the data also showed that 3,755 babies were born with congenital syphilis in 2022, a nearly 31% change year over year, and a 183% change since 2018. Wow. So then it goes on to talk about gonorrhea. And the new cases of gonorrhea in uh, 2022 declined for the first time in a decade. Okay, so we're now we're getting somewhere. Uh, health experts are really not sure for the reason. Maybe because instead of gonorrhea, they're getting syphilis. Again, I'm not an expert. I don't work for the CDC. I don't know. And neither do they. Uh, so cases of chlamydia, which accounted for roughly two-thirds of the more than 25 million total cases of std infections in 2022 were up only 0.3 percent year over year so it's not even for chlamydia so that's awesome so only syphilis was way up gonorrhea down chlamydia even so well they were you know, they were up 0.3 percent which is you know really but year over year they were down 6.2 percent so that's good, yeah. So chlamydia and gonorrhea down, and only syphilis up. But it got me thinking that, you know, uh, might not be a bad thing to have the Jace case around. You know, the Jace case? It's a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. I don't know what got me thinking about that, but it did. Now, Jace case, uh, you can get it at jacemedical.com, jacemedical.com, uh, J-A-S-E medical.com. As I said, it has the five essential antibiotics, but uh, they are continually working to expand their medication offerings at Jace. So they've even added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. What's cool now is uh, you can buy a gift card for your family or loved ones or even people you don't like. You know what? You could just buy a gift card and give them away if you want. Let's uh, say <laughs> so people can get their own Jace case to personalize it to their needs. Everyone should be empowered uh, to care for themselves and their loved ones during anything uh, that is unexpected, or even if it is expected, you still should be empowered to care for yourself. I mean, there's we already know there's drug shortages, and there's drug shortages uh, on antibiotic amoxicillin and other drugs that doctors are having a tough time getting, and uh, it's very it's made people make some impossible choices that I do not wish on anyone. So get your Jace case today. Go to jacemedical.com, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, you can enter the code Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, at checkout uh, for a discount uh, on your order. Uh, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Uh, use the offer code Jeffy, jacemedical.com. All right, let's uh, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <sighs> so uh, Elton John and Bernie Taupin are getting another award. They're getting a Gershwin Prize. 
Now, this Gershwin Prize was established back in 2007 and is named after American songwriting duo George and Ira Gershwin, whose collection resides in the Library of Congress, of course. Uh, last year's recipient was uh, Joni Mitchell, who we said yesterday, talked to, she was going to be at the Grammys uh, this weekend and perform finally. <laughs> if you tell me Elton John and Bernie Toppin go in after Joni Mitchell, that ticks me off. Other honorees include Lionel Richie, all right, Garth Brooks, okay, Smokey Robinson, Willie Nelson, Stevie Wonder, and Paul McCartney. I don't know. Uh, Elton and Bernie should have been in before these people, but I'll give you Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, McCartney. All right. Not Joni Mitchell, though. I'm sorry. No. Joni Mitchell, they should not have been awarded the Gershwin Prize bef- after Joni Mitchell. Are you kidding me? I mean, uh, the, this, this pair of songwriters, Elton John and, and Bernie Taupin, um, hello, they have six-decade career. I know Joni Mitchell is 80 years old, but she hasn't had 70 top 40 hits and sold more than 300 million records worldwide. I know she's Joni Mitchell. I got it. But no, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, He's performed over 4,000 times in 80 countries. He holds the record for the biggest selling physical single of all time. Candle in the Wind from 1997. I probably shouldn't have said that out loud because now I'm going to be singing it sometime later today. I should not have mentioned that. So congratulations to Elton John and to Bernie Taupin. They're going to be honored with the Gershwin Prize for popular song along with his... That's just wonderful. Uh, the the uh, Librarian of Congress, uh, Carla Hayden, you know where you love her, uh, shared the news that the 2024 recipients of the coveted is it of the coveted u.s based award will both be brits and that they will be honored with a tribute concert in washington dc on the 20th of march and the concert will premiere on pbs stations across the u.s uh, and on april 8th i hope we at least get a video message thank you from elton and bernie because elton was recovering from knee surgery at the last award stuff and bernie he's a old curmudgeon now so maybe we get a video of them uh, separate videos i don't want them together <laughs> i mean they're in the songwriters hall of fame elton's got an egot let's i mean this is just like throwing something at i get that they're brits so maybe that's why they uh you know eased off on giving him the gershwin prize uh right away but come on now uh, that before, after Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell gets that before Elton John and Bernie Toppin. Uh, no, they should rescind that. <laughs> Joni, I know you're performing at the, uh, the Grammys this year for the first time. We're taking back the Gershwin award, uh, and we're going to give it to Elton and Bernie, and then we'll give it back to you on, uh, uh, next year because we can't have you above Elton John and Bernie Toppin on the list. That just can't happen. Sorry. You just have to live with it. Sorry, Joni. I mean, I get it. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. And I was hooked on some of the Joni Mitchell stuff. I told you that when we talked about her performing at the Grammys for the first time. I was I was forced to like Joni Mitchell over the years. But ahead of Elton John and Bernie Taupin, no. No, I'm sorry. That cannot stand. Did I ever tell you that I was related to the Lamborghini? 
uh, family. I know. I know. I just found out. I did a DNA test. Uh, I found a drinking straw from uh, the Lamborghini uh, family, and I did a DNA test. And yeah, yeah, I am uh, I'm part of the Lamborghini family now. <laughs> so this Italian woman has claimed to be a Lamborghini heiress, and she claims it now because she tested her alleged sister's DNA from a drinking straw. So Flavia Borzon, 35, claims that uh, she has irrefutable DNA evidence that she is the secret daughter of Tonino Lamborghini, 76 now, after she tested his daughter's uh, Electra's saliva. Okay, so the Naples native said she hired a private investigator to retrieve a drinking straw used by Electra who is a socialite and singer, to prove they were siblings. And Morzone was the illegitimate heir to the luxury cars family. So according to her, the DNA sample was tested at the University of Ferrara. I love that place. Where experts said the genetic sample proved Morzone and Aletta were in fact related. Okay. So the illegitimate heir claims Lamborghini and her mother, Rosalaba Coslamo, uh, had met at a bus stop in 1980 while the sports car heir was driving by and offered her a lift. Hey, good looking. <laughs> we'll be back to pick you up later. In fact, why don't you just hop in now? Uh, the two then allegedly struck up a relationship. Hey, need a ride? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know this car I'm driving in. Yeah, it's mine. It's my company. Want to drive around with me for a while? Oh, okay. Uh, they struck up a relationship and ended up with Morzone being born in 1988. So they met in 1980 after he picked her up from a bus stop. And then uh, he just continued the relationship with her. Okay. And she was born in 1988. Okay. So Lamborghini denies that Borzone is his daughter and sued her and her mother for defamation after she went public with her findings. However, Borzone claims she secretly recorded a conversation with her suspected father who has five legitimate children. And, uh, okay, so she meant to see him. The beautician's lawyer claimed Lord Lamborghini had admitted to having a relationship with her mother and that Borzone's real name, uh was a tribute to his mother. Despite his could-be daughter's evidence, Lamborghini's lawyer is calling her claim unlawful because uh, she did not consent to giving her DNA. Due to this, he is arguing the DNA should not be admitted as evidence. So if there's no DNA, uh, there's no proof. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So we'll see. She wants a piece of the Lamborghini pie. I don't blame her. Uh, the other kids are like, uh, how about No. Uh, that money is ours. <laughs> dad, uh, dad was great and, uh, we love him and we're sorry that he may or may not have cheated on, uh, mom, but none of that money is going to you. Okay. <laughs> mom was just some bus stop hookup. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure they used harsher words than that for the bus stop ho. And uh, you are not getting a penny of the Lamborghini fortune. They'll buy her out. Just here's some money and go away and shut up. I guess there's going to be a trial now uh, in March, but we'll see if there's going to be a trial because without the DNA, what have you got left? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's funny he doesn't just buy her out and say, here's some money, go away. And she probably wants the recognition, though, more than the money. And so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So remember we talked about uh, the Britney Spears uh, memoir of The Woman in Me. And she said that uh, Justin Timberlake cheated on her while they dated and that she had an abortion. Man, she wouldn't have made that choice if it wasn't for him. And then, uh, then later in an Instagram post, Brittany said, I want to apologize for some things I wrote in my book. If I offended any of the people I genuinely care about, I'm deeply sorry. She also uploaded footage of Timberlake during an appearance on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. And she went on to say how much she loved the new song. And uh, she didn't name Timberlake outright in the clip, but I mean, that's who she was talking about. So... Uh, Justin was doing a pop-up concert in New York City to mark his 43rd birthday. And in the middle of the concert, he stopped and he said, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely effing nobody. (laughs) So... Uh, love you too, Brett. Love you too. For those of you that don't know this, some of the best soap on the market today is made from goat milk. Yeah. Real soap, old school, hand-poured, made from scratch. That's something Quinn Pittman, my man, the uh, Goat King, found out at an early age. And he's been making it from his own herd of goats ever since. And with the help of his parents, he started Quinn's Goat Soap. So, I mean, they ship out amazing soaps all over the country. Smells amazing, feels great on your skin. Quinn and his family are very proud of their product, and they want you to know about it. But it doesn't just stop at soap for your skin. We've talked a little bit about uh, how Quinn's company makes amazing laundry soap, which is going to leave your clothes clean and smelling fresh. Why use all those harsh detergents on your clothes when you could be using something natural and handmade? It only takes about a tablespoon per load of laundry. So that would make, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but a 25-ounce bag will do about 90 loads. So it's time to take your soap, it's time to take your soap game to a new game, uh, to a new level. You know that as well as I do. Uh, and wh- You're not going to settle for anything less than making your skin and your clothes soft and luxurious with Quinn Pittman's Goat Soap. Go to QPGoatSoap.com. QPGoatSoap.com. Dot com. Uh, you can use the offer code Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, for 10% off the total order. QPGoatSoap.com. Search around and find uh, the soap for your skin and your clothes that's right for you. QPGoatSoap.com. Don't forget to use that offer code. Get 10% off at the end. QPGoatSoap.com. You know, yesterday we talked about Elon uh, no longer being the richest uh, person in the world because they struck a judge, a Delaware judge, struck down his $55 billion Tesla pay package uh, for being excessive. Man, that pisses me off. How does his $55 billion uh, pay package affect 
anyone but him and uh, you know shareholders of Tesla. And I, I was just I, I was just amazed that this could actually happen. So I actually I looked into it a little bit and I found out that you know in 2018 the compensation package was approved by 80 percent of Tesla shareholders during a time uh, the company's valuation was 60 billion. Uh, the plan would require him to grow the market cap by 50 billion increments with the first milestone starting at 100 billion valuation with the mi- mi- final milestone being 650 billion in addition to aggressive revenue pre-tax profit growth targets that many thought would be impossible uh, and however uh, he hit the milestones so he'd be granted his full 55 billion compensation package that gave him stock options to purchase Tesla stock at a heavily discounted price and the stock could be sold Uh, could not be sold for another five years he hit all the milestones so one shareholder who held nine shares of tesla filed a lawsuit claiming that the compensation package was excessive and unfair claiming the board had not acted in the best interest of its shareholders wow so then today this or yesterday actually the delaware judge named kathleen saint jude mccormick love her if she, in fact, identifies as a she, voided the compensation package, claiming it was excessive and the process for coming up with Elon's comp plan wasn't independent because he controlled the board of directors and the directors uh, who approved the plan weren't truly independent. Oh my gosh. This is just agazine. Well, well, of course, Elon uh, you know, decided to strike back a little bit. Uh, on uh, X, this is virtual town square. Uh, he said, uh, "Hey, the state judge ruled this week that his uh, that my 55 billion pay package from Tesla was exorbitant and unfair." Okay. Um, well, uh, what he they're and they're going to appeal the decision, no question. Uh, but he told his followers, "I am one on X. Uh, of course, you can follow me on X at Jeffy JFR." Uh, never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware, polled them on whether Tesla should move its state of incorporation to Texas uh, instead, and he has already moved X from Delaware to Nevada. So the experts worry that he could influence other companies to leave. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. (laughs) Get the hell out. If now Delaware... Uh, 70% of the Fortune 500 companies are incorporated there because that was the state where they, you know, that's the state they made everything easy to be incorporated from. And that's a $2 billion business for the state of Delaware. Uh, and so now, and now, now that they have judges from the state of Delaware, uh, cause they're supposed to have these experienced judges with expertise in business law. And now if they're going to start voting against uh, board of directors and corporate CEOs for making too much money, get the hell out of the state of Delaware. What else is the state of Delaware known for? Oh, that's right. Being the home of our president. So just, I just incredible. I guess amazing. We, we do live in amazing times. And speaking of those amazing times, uh, I saw where uh, the Senate D- Judiciary Committee uh, they kept pelting the old social media CEOs with questions on on the safety of their platforms yesterday. Social media use among teens has been tied to depression, cyberbullying, and drug use. 
in the line of fire, Meta, TikTok, X, Discord, and Snap. Meta's Mark Zuckerberg faced some of the most intense scrutiny yet with Senator Lindsey Graham saying Zuckerberg has blood on his hands. At one point, Zuckerberg turned, apologized to families in the room whose children have been harmed by social media. What does that even... I mean, he turned and said he was sorry for what happened to them. I mean, of course he is. How does that... I don't know. TikTok CEO uh, fielded questions about the app's connection to China. I mean, they tried to tie him into China, and you know, he doesn't even—he's not even a Chinese citizen. It was really, really weird. And I know, and I know, and I know that we guy got that the social media stuff is tied to depression, but I really. I don't know. I, I'm really torn. And I, don't, I don't want the government involved. And yet, we have to, I guess we have to do something. I, I don't know. Do we, have to do, do we have to do something? Or is it up to us to have some personal responsibility to do something? Oh, there's a thought. Oh, my gosh. No, we can't have that. We need the government to take over. Right? Right. Okay, so I've been seeing this story all day about the messenger shutting down less than a year after launching the news site. And they're calling it the Titanic of Publishing Disasters. Okay, well, it's most definitely uh, not the Titanic of Publishing Disasters because people knew about Titanic when it sailed. (laughs) I, I don't even know about this mess. I guess I should have. Uh, it was a news site that launched a great fanfare last May. I honestly, I don't remember this great fanfare for the news site, The Messenger. But it shut down after less than a year. That's really sad. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't want any companies shutting down. So it was scrubbed of all articles. Uh, hours after the insider at the publication told uh, said the site is going dark. None of the roughly 300 staffers will get severance. Wow. Uh, the homepage was blank. It's no rep from Messenger commented. Co-founder and CEO Jimmy Finkelstein, who raised $50 million to launch the site, had been scrambling to secure funding this week as employees braced to hear whether the company would avert disaster. I guess it obviously did not avert disaster. Uh, it will go down as one of the biggest busts of all time, said one media expert. Um, obviously they keep calling it the Titanic of publishing disasters. Finkelstein had big dreams of turning messenger into a major centrist news outlet that would include hiring around 550 journalists within a year and complete, uh, compete with the likes of the Los Angeles times. He paid top dollar to lure away talent from major publications and, uh, would ultimately, that's what ultimately killed the messenger was lack of message and arrogance. Hundreds of people left great jobs with the promise of creating something better. That turned out to be a big lie. Really, really strange. I I don't understand. uh, I mean, I understand how difficult it is to, uh, you know, stay alive in today's world. And I don't wish uh, anything bad on anyone. But for $90 million, $100 million, uh, I'm willing to give it a shot. Okay, so he raised $50 million to launch the site. If you want to give me $50 million to launch a new site, no problem. Happy to do it. And I guarantee you that my site will, get, will go uh, underwater like the Titanic within a year as well. 
but I will have about you know 20 million of that 50 million <gasps> that I can't admit that no 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 I just I'd like to see some of the pay structures of the sure they they were paying their they were paying their talent big money and the paid site paid the editor around uh well nine hundred thousand a year maybe that's the problem maybe we were just paying people too much money including the ceos but hey maybe go to a delaware judge and uh, figure it out because uh oh it's too late for that it's already shut down that sucks my other point is i never knew about messenger <laughs> maybe messenger should have had a message maybe uh but again what do i know So the ongoing case of the Kansas City Chiefs fans uh, who died in the backyard is still ongoing. So the main guy, Jordan Willis, whose home it was where the three other men, Ricky Johnson, Clayton McGinney, and David Harrington, froze to death in his backyard, it's now being reported that he is facing his addiction head-on. He has checked himself into a rehab um, after a shocking loss of uh, three of his close friends under extremely tragic circumstances, he recognized that he had a problem with addiction. And uh, without elaborating on the exact nature of that, he checked himself into rehab after vacating his home and putting his things into storage. Yeah, well, he moved out of his home uh, at the after after the death of his three friends in his backyard. Uh, and rented a house got the hell out of there because he was for fear of retaliation and people coming coming around i've seen different angles and pictures of this house uh throughout since the time uh since the january 7th playoff game all right they were there uh and they you know neighbors said they were seen bringing in two 30 packs of beer and there were texting going on about the drug use at the party okay uh okay I, I, they were, I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like he had anything to do with it. I don't know, though. I know there's all kinds of allegations still ongoing. The investigation is still going. I know uh, the toxicology reports are still pending for the deceased men. What are we doing? It happened on January 7th or January, whatever the game was. I mean, we're in the month of February now. Let's get to it. What are you guys sleeping in Kansas City? Get the toxicology report. What are we even doing? So the case is not being investigated as foul play, according to the police departments. And I think we have to remember also that he lost three of his friends. Um, You know, I know that uh, we're all thinking about foul play, myself included. It seems strange to me that three men would be in the backyard and freeze to death and you pass out in your bedroom for two days and you don't hear a thing, nothing. You don't hear anything. And the girlfriend uh, breaks into your home and then finds the dead body out back. And then hey, there you are. Uh, I don't know. It, it does seem strange. Could it happen? Sure. Absolutely, it could happen. I know that, uh, you know, they the one father or the father and the one mother think that uh, they learned something or saw something they shouldn't have. And so they needed to get be get, gotten rid of. Okay, well, what was that? Well, we don't know. And other relatives, I guess, are trying to say that Willis, who worked, uh, who worked or works as an HIV scientist, 
with the International AIDS Vaccine Initiative's Neutralizing Antibody Center. And I love that at the Sheaf Lab. You can't, man, he does good work there as an HIV scientist with the International AIDS Vaccine Initiative's Neutralizing Antibody Center, Sheaf Lab. Uh, they try to say that he's some sort of mad scientist or something. Okay, come on now. I mean, the whole thing is just really, really horrible. And uh, we'll see. I want to see the toxicology report. And I guess we just have to believe that the guys were drunk and high and went out to the backyard to smoke a cigarette or do something and got locked out and couldn't get back in. And that he then had passed out in his bedroom and didn't hear anything until a couple of days later. That's what we have to believe. Okay. All right. Well, for right now, then, I'll believe it. For now. Like when the attorney for the Peaky Blinders actor, Paul Anderson, who played uh, Arthur Shelby in the uh, show Peaky Blinders, the attorney said, you know, my character sometimes slips in to uh, the character that he played on Peaky Blinders, Arthur Shelby. And he tries to please people that recognize him. That's why he had crack cocaine on him. That's why he had other drugs on him when he was arrested. That's why, because he had people, it was Boxing Day. And people had recognized him and he wanted to make him happy. And so that's what he was doing. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, now, according to the, the story, he was in some location and uh, he was smoking crack in the back room and the owner was like hey it smells like crack back here called the police i realized it was him and then they went and went into his house and picked him up uh so he's 48 years old now he is uh now uh accused and well i mean it's not accused i mean that's what he did uh he had crack possessing class a crack cocaine as well as crack class b amphetamines and two class c prescription substances now he when he was arrested they arrested him with the crack uh, they found him uh with a, a wrap of brown powder found to be amphetamines diazepam and pregabalin now those are i mean those last two are like seizure medications what are we what are we even doing does he even know that or is he just taking it does it give you i I'm going to go out on a limb here. I haven't, I don't take seizure medications for a buzz. So if you can get a buzz from seizure medications, hey, let me know. Let me know. So he pleaded guilty to all four charges and was fined a total of 1,345 euros. I mean, he's played a lot of uh, dark characters over the years. Great character on Peaky Blinders. You know, I mean, his, his character is, <laughs> you know, PTSD. Uh, drugs, and violent. It's, it's, it's awesome. That's what makes the show so awesome. So if, you know, he says that he sometimes slips into character to please fans, who am I to say it's not true? So I'll believe him for now. All right, I'm going to give you the joke of the day, and we're going to get out of here today on Chewing the Fat. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Tell your friends, family, uh, even if they're not friends or family, just tell them, hey, subscribe to Chewing the Fat, okay? I appreciate it. If you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber, you freeload. Nobody likes freeloaders, okay? We all like free stuff, but nobody likes a freeloader. So find the platform that makes you happy and 
subscribe to Chewing the Fat. You can also follow me uh, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. I mentioned earlier, you can follow me on X at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can email the show, ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com whenever you want. I see them all. I read them. I do not respond to them all, but I do see them. Thank you very much. And you can also order a cameo from me at JeffyJFR on Cameo. I believe if you go to the website if not the app you have to look for jeff fisher but i'm not positive about that but i think that's the case all right joke of the day (laughs) so i read this and i think i've rewritten it in my head a couple of times so it's uh i don't know where i got it sometimes i like to i just read the joke from where i got it from so i don't know where i got this This has been in my head for the past couple of days so i believe that i've now rewritten it three or four times in my own head but uh so this is the joke of the day for you okay and i've been laughing about it for three or four days actually that's why it's been rewritten in my head for three or four days (laughs) so i questioned 100 women while they showered and about their lifestyle choices and the number one response was how the hell did you get in here I know, I know, I know. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.